Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 2. Here's Pastor Ryan. So he hits them on their sin. And then he goes on to say that he died, right? But the beautiful thing is he goes to the resurrection and says, you know, uh, whom God raised up in verse 24, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Such a beautiful statement. Christ could not be held by death. Christ is the giver of life. He's cre created us. He created life. He's the God of the living. And so death could not hold him down. He loosed the pains of death. And, that, and the gospel message becomes legitimized because Jesus said that he would rise on the third day. He preached it. He told his disciples that's what will take place. So if he wasn't raised from the dead on the third day, then everything else he said prior Everything he preached for three years would be annulled. It would be like, oh, he was just a nice guy who said some things, but it didn't come true. It came true. He rose on the third day. And so our faith is legitimate. And Jesus said in John 14, 19, prior to going to the cross, he said, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. Because I live, you also will live. I didn't begin to live until I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I thought I was living. I sought to have life and that much more abundant, but I kept coming up empty. You can go from, from, from one drink to another, to, to, to one drug to another, to one sexual relationship to another, to one experience to another, and never come up with your soul being fulfilled or your sins forgiven. Life only comes through the Lord. Life only comes through the Lord. People out there who don't have Jesus, who have not, like we sang today, here's my heart, Lord, speak what is truth. Like for those who have not given him fully their heart, they're not living at all, period. They're being played by the enemy. And I always said this about Satan, that he doesn't ride shotgun, he's driving. But people, people are blinded. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's amazing how God keeps regenerating pleasure forevermore. Like he, he just blesses my life, your life, with hardships, with struggles, with sufferings. But when we walk with the Lord, there's life. Because he lives, we live. Though tears may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. Seven, a righteous man may fall seven times, but seven times get up. It's crazy. That's a supernatural get up boost. That's what it is. We, from faith to faith, from, from weakness to strength. He lives, you live. 
Romans 6, 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Newness of life. There's a new way of living. There's a new way of thinking. There's a new way of learning. There's a new way of serving. There's a new way, and Jesus is at the helm of that resurrection. Paul said that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. It's in Christ. And that's why Peter is preaching that it was impossible for death to hold them down. Thus, it's impossible for us to be held down by the devil. We cannot stand before the Lord and say, I, I lived a long life and, and I kept sinning and practicing sin because after all, Jesus, the devil made me do it. It's a new life. Satan has nothing over the power of our Lord. Satan's a created being. God Almighty can empower. The same spirit that raised Jesus up from the grave will give power, strength to our mortal bodies so that he who was a pervert doesn't have to be a pervert no more. She who was a, a, a porn, a whatever, pervert, doesn't have to be a, a pervert anymore. You know, sticky fingers over here, the thief doesn't steal anymore. You, he completely changes. That's what, that's what he does. And so he's preaching that. And the greatest gift that we can offer any broken down, guilt-ridden person is the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. And that is what the resurrection confirms. That because of faith in Christ, no matter how bad our sins are, his blood takes it away. It's for the remission of sins. Right? Um, Bible says that he was offered up... For our offenses, and through his resurrection, we are justified. We are justified, just as if we've never sinned. So the greatest gift you can offer somebody who is guilt-ridden, someone who's burdened with bloodshed, someone who's burdened with perverseness, or whatever it is, the very greatest gift that you can give them is the removal of that guilt, the removal of that shame, and the promise of eternal life through Jesus Christ. That he died and rose again. So that you're justified as if you've never sinned. Just as if you've never sinned. Count me in. Yes. Count me in. Jesus said he who loves much, he who's forgiven much, loves much, right? And some of us need to remember how much we've been forgiven. And you don't need a crazy background like I had. You don't need it. You could have been grown up in pretty world, you know? So you have, you have self-righteous issues, maybe. You know, you think everybody else smells, but you don't. So that's pretty nasty as well as it is for the guy who's doing time in the pen. It's, uh, you know, apples and oranges, whatever. It's, we, we have, it's, it's, it's a, a clear understanding that we're sinners. Paul the Apostle said, I'm the chief of sinners, you know, Christ came to save sinners in whom I am chief. That's the Apostle Paul. I'm the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. That, that's, but you're the Apostle Paul, exactly. He's special because he understands he's a sinner. And I think the, the more we realize how much we've been forgiven, the more we're going to be apt to obey God because we love him and are grateful for that forgiveness. See, obedience is directly tied to gratefulness and gratitude. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 
That's what the gospel offers. And, and Peter is offering it to the, the... See, Israel as a nation rejected their Messiah. But God's not done with them as you know. But individually, the Jews, whoever hears, can come to know Jesus Christ. The nation will follow later. But individually, because individually that day, 3,000 came to know the Lord. That's not all of Israel at the time. That's 3,000. So in verse 5, speaking of the resurrection, Peter begins to explain about the resurrection, about Jesus. He says, for David says concerning him, and he's speaking of King David, right? The second king of Israel, the man after God's own heart, the patriarch, the prophet, the poet, the psalmist, that King David who fought Goliath as a child. He said, David said. David said that a thousand years prior to this event, guys. That's how cool the Bible is. No other, no other holy book in the world can, can predict project prophecies like that one thing peter goes right into the old testament crazy right in explaining jesus's resurrection he goes to david's prophecy psalm 16 that says i foresaw the lord always before my face for he is at my right hand that i may not be shaken Therefore my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. And so he quotes the Old Testament here, which is an amazing thing, guys. It's a beautiful thing. That day, Pentecost, when he was explaining the phenomena of the Holy Spirit overflowing in the apostles and, and the disciples, and just when he explained it, he took the crowds, guys, to the book of, to the prophet of Joel, to Joel's prophet, prophecy. And now when he explains how the Messiah was not, his body wasn't going to corrode. He's, he's going to be resurrected. He takes him to the Old Testament as well. Do you guys see the benefit of the Old Testament? Because we're living in an age where some pastors think that the Old Testament, that you guys can't hang with it. That it's too above your heads to be teaching people the Old Testament. Well, at Calvary Chapel, we go through the whole Bible. Genesis through Revelation. If someone like me can understand it, with the, with the L.A. School District uh, continuation school background than anyone can. It was meant to teach the simple, all of us, right? The simple heard him gladly, the Bible says. But Peter went to the scriptures to explain the phenomena of the Holy Spirit. Peter went to the scriptures to explain the phenomena of Jesus being resurrected on the third day. It is the scriptures by which believers receive instruction for life and godliness. I can't uh, overemphasize that enough. It is the scriptures. It is the word of God that teaches us how to do things, how to, how to walk the Christian life. God uses his Bible to teach us in every aspect of our lives. Did you know that? And I mean every aspect. God teaches a church how a church should be run. God teaches a, a family how a family should be run. God 
teaches us how to deal with every aspect of life. How? Through the scriptures. You can go to a, to a you know, church that does topical studies. I don't know how they do it. They flip a quarter and say, you know, today we're going to talk about anger. Tomorrow we're going to talk about lust. We're going to talk about love all year round. Your knowledge of the scriptures can only grow so much that way. Now, God bless my brothers. I hope they're not offended. I'm not, I don't mean to condemn them. But I am going to ring the bell for this beautiful movement that we happen to stumble in called Calvary Chapel where people bring their Bibles and go through the whole thing. Because I have a whole life that has issues and problems. I would like the whole Bible to help me solve my problems. Why do we do what we do as a church? It's fair for a person to walk through those doors to have questions for God and to be able to have an answer from the pastor or from seasoned saints here or just believers who have been, you know, who know the word to be able to say, yeah, this is why we do this or that. When there's counseling sessions to be done, it's always by the word of God. It's not my opinion. It's not what I think. It's okay. You know, here are, the, here are the roles in a marriage according to Scripture, right? Christ is the head of man, man is the head of woman, and we reiterate these things through the Scriptures. Church um, authority, church government, we look to the Scriptures. Church practices, baptisms, uh, prayer life, whatever, we go to the Scriptures. So people come in and they want, do you guys baptize Babies, you know, I'll say no, because in the scriptures, you don't find one baby getting baptized. That was a tradition that was made up by a particular church. Oh, you're married. I thought pastors and priests didn't get married. No, the Bible says, you know, though, you know don't let them forbid men to be, to, to, to be married. So, yeah, it's good to be married. That was just brought up by Men. Would you want me to start making up rules? You know, John, John knows about preachers making up rules. You know, you should be able to say, Pastor, where in the scriptures does it say that you, uh, you know what I mean? Right? Let's explain what we do in the scriptures. So many people are doing crazy things because they don't stick to the word of God. This scripture is important to write down. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. It says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'm amazed at how beautifully the word of God addresses every issue of life. I mean, to, it makes my job easy. Really does. You name it. Oh, you know what? This brother, pastor, he did me wrong. You know, he, you know. Okay, what does Matthew 18 say? Right? Go to your brother. Go to him yourself. And if he doesn't hear you out, then bring somebody else as a witness. If he doesn't hear them, then come tell the pastor. Don't come to me first. You know, there's so much. There's so much about marriage, about forgiveness, about prayer, about, 
about the study, about ins- all of it's in the scriptures. And Peter explained to them about the resurrection. This is something that was in the scriptures. He explained to them concerning the phenomenon of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This was in Joel. Men and brethren, verse 29, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne, he, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in hates, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. And so the cool thing here is that he mentions to them about the patriarch David and in, 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 in Jewish economy, spiritually speaking, you have Moses. Moses is a big guy. Abraham's a big guy. King David is a national big guy. And so he addresses that this King David, who's a prophet, foresaw that the Messiah would, would resurrect and, not, and his body not be corroded the way people die. When people die, their bodies disintegrate. He foresaw this. And Peter made the distinction that, look, David is dead and buried here in Jerusalem. In fact, you can go today. I've been to David's tomb. You can see it today. But there's a contrast. He's saying that. He's letting them know. David wasn't talking about himself, but of the Messiah that would come through his lineage, his line. Jesus was of the lineage of King David, that royal blood. That's why in in Luke and in Matthew you have the genealogy of Mary and Joseph coming through dating back to King David but he's making the distinction David is dead and buried his body's here but Jesus the Messiah he's been exalted to the right hand of the father so dead and buried you know who's not dead and buried is our Lord I've been to his tomb it's empty Buddha's ashes are under a monument in Kushinagar, India. Muhammad's dead body is under the green dome in Medina, Saudi Arabia. Jesus' body, like I said, is not there. He is risen. Therefore, this Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away, so that the Helper, the Holy Spirit, can come and empower. And, and that's what Peter is saying. He was exalted, and he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. Reminds me of Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? He, he sends, He empowers us by His Holy Spirit. So it's a beautiful thing, a reality here. Um, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the righteous. And so Jesus the Christ, the righteous, is up making intercession for us. The devil continually tries to condemn us and accuse us. 
We have an advocate in heaven who strengthens us, who cleanses us, who vouches for us, and his name, his righteousness is bestowed upon you and I. It's a beautiful thing. That's, that's who he is. That's where he's at. And as he's explaining this, for David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, Yahweh said to Jesus, Yahweh said to Adonai, that's the Hebrew right there. The Lord said to my Lord, Yahweh said to Adonai, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. How I mean, think about that. David just praying or whatever and just writing things led by the Holy Spirit saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand. Beautiful. Not speaking of himself, Peter, but speaking of Jesus, that he would be exalted to the right hand of the Father. Therefore, let all the house of Israel notice him speaking there in Jerusalem to the house of Israel. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So it's a beautiful thing. It says that they were cut to the heart. That's the key to a changed life. I don't know where you're at today, but I pray that God is still cutting our heart. I pray that he is still cutting our heart. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's what we're praying happened to you today, this morning. But that's what we want for those who don't know the Lord, that they be cut to the heart. How are they going to be cut to the heart unless somebody tells them they're sinners? I mean, you don't got to be rude about it, but you got to somehow in a loving way explain to them that we've all sinned. They have to know. There's too many people out there making up their own way of salvation. Well, I think if I'm a good person that uh, if I don't kill anybody, but I'm like a good dad or mom and I pay my taxes, and, uh, and if I give a little bit, I'm, you know, I think God's, gonna let, God's not going to let you anywhere but to hell. You must surrender your life to Jesus Christ. There is no other means to salvation. There is no other name by which a, a man or woman can be saved but that through Jesus Christ. And it must be repentance. What did he say? Repent. He said, For, you guys killed him. He wasn't the Messiah to you. Guess what he is? God, He is Lord and Christ. So if they change their mind about who Jesus is, that's repentance. Jesus cannot be the guy you, 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 you think is going to let you into heaven and you can live the way you want to live. He needs to go from that to Lord. He's either going to be Lord or he's not. But he will not be mocked. Like he, you know, that's like someone saying, like someone tells you they love you, but they don't really love you. And you can tell by their actions that they don't care about you at all. But you're just going to stand up and say, no, they really do love me. We're not that foolish and we're, and we're f fallible human beings. You think God's like, oh yeah, you do love me. I didn't notice. <laughs> he knows by the fruit. Ducks quack, cows moo, 
Dogs bark. Christians love Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray it be rooted deeply in our hearts. We pray that it would produce fruit in us and cause those around us who don't know you to come to know you. Use us, Lord. You said that the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Lord, I pray that we as a church would share our story, share your gospel to all those in our realm of influence. And I pray that you would give us a greater realm of influence. I pray for divine appointments for every member of Sweet Hills Church, that, that Lord, we would run into people who need Jesus everywhere and just tell them how much you love them and how they need to repent in a loving way. Help us, Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above.